This is crucial. We have to go back again because discipleship is the foundation for spiritual leadership. If there's something victory and every nation is unapologetic about, it's raising leaders. Why do we raise leaders and how do we do it? The future leaders of this nation that will influence and shape the values of this nation are in the campuses today. And even that is part of a much larger and bigger goal, which is really what? The kingdom of God. Welcome to the Leading Together podcast, where we take an inside look at how we develop a leadership culture at Victory and Every Nation Philippines. We believe that leadership is best done together, and that's why we do this podcast. We hope this helps you lead better together. I'm Ryan. I'm part of our creative team in Victory and Every Nation Philippines. And I'm Elle, a campus missionary from Every Nation Campus. We're glad to have you listen to this episode of Leading Together about leadership development. According to a study by Harvard Business Review in 2021, 53% of companies do not have a contingency plan for CEO succession. This means that more than half of companies lack major leadership development plans. Through the pandemic, we saw the importance of leaders in every sphere of society and how they relate to the sustainability of any organization. In Victory in Every Nation, we value leadership and leadership development. As leaders, we build with the idea of leaving and set up the next leaders for success. In this podcast, Dr. Junas Kosar, the president of Every Nation Seminary, talks about how we develop leaders in every nation. Praise God. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome again to our staff convergence. And uh, this morning, I had the privilege uh, of... Uh, being able to share a word of exhortation for us here on site. And it's good to see so many of you here. Uh, and as well, of course, uh, those of you, more, more people are actually watching us online. You know, one of the most uh, strategic and most significant decisions we've ever made for 2021 is to identify the rallying cry, which we launched last month. And thanks again to the initiative of uh, our Bishop Council, our, our uh, executive team led and championed by no other than our Every Nation President, Pastor Gilbert Foliente. And I believe uh, uh, campus ministry uh, is our rallying cry and I believe it just makes perfect sense. Since the majority of this nation, 70%, maybe 60 to 70%, are below the age of 30. I believe with all my heart that this is the segment of society we need to intentionally impact. We need to intentionally disciple if we ever hope of seeing any change and transformation in this nation in the years to come. And I believe of, I believe what God will do through and in, uh, uh, in and through our ministries together. Amen. So this is really uh, so crucial. I believe, uh, uh, our call to reach and to impact future leaders that are in the campuses today is more than just a job for us. It's beyond opportunity. It is really a calling. It is an inheritance. And therefore, because it is a special call from God, there is just a, a special grace maybe to produce and see fruits even in such a short amount of time, not because we're better than others or we have effective strategies, but it is simply because of the grace and the favor of God 
on our lives. Amen? Looking back into history, there's so much, there's big time lessons to learn if a generation fails to connect and to build with the next generation. And one such generation, in fact, one, probably one of the most amazing generations is the Joshua generation. This, you know, just imagine not a single promise of God ever failed in the days of Joshua. All the elders served the Lord in the days of Joshua and yet they committed one of the biggest blunders of all and that is that they failed to connect and build with next generation. So whatever gains they made, they lost in the next. And this commentary we see clearly in, in uh, the book of Judges chapter 10, uh, chapter 2 verse 10. And it says, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Sometimes it makes us wonder how in the world could that have happened? This is such an amazing generation. So if we are, if there is one major lesson we learn from this, each generation cannot be complacent. We cannot just build on the successes of previous generations. We have to take seriously the mandate to reach and disciple the next generation to prepare them for the next. Now you might ask the question, is this really possible? I believe the answer to the question is a resounding yes. We don't have to go very far to be inspired and motivated to press on with this vision. Just imagine in 1984, with just a little 200 people, because we persist on honoring God, making disciples by, by again reaching the campus, by discipling uh, future leaders. And of course, because of the grace of God, the handful number of uh, campuses we have today, we are serving in 630 campuses all over the nation. Come on, give the Lord a big hand for that. That's incredible. With a handful few campus ministers today, we have close to 500 full-time campus ministers serving all over the nation of the Philippines. So that to me is an incredible testament again because of our persistence. Imagine the tens of thousands because of our pursuit to impact next generation. This rallying cry will go far beyond its impact, will go far beyond this year. The tens of thousands of people that have been impacted and defined by the gospel through campus ministry. We know that much work, much work still needed to be done. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're only touching 17,000, 17% uh, of the college and university campuses, notwithstanding close to 12,000 high school campuses in this nation. And if we hope to establish presence and really make radical impact in all the campuses of the Philippines in the next 10 years, we have to believe God for almost 6,000 full-time staff. How many of you know that is possible? But God is faithful. I believe God can do this all over again and way much more. Amen? Just imagine if a little over 200 people in 1984 can make such radical impact in the nation. Imagine what over 100,000 people can do. We have more resources. We have more pool of people that we could develop. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, 
according to the power at work within us. We can do this not because we are able, but because God is able. And He can do far more than our ability to dream and imagine. I pray that our vision and dream is far bigger. Amen? Hallelujah. For this vision to become a reality, all of us are called to action. It cannot just be campus ministers. It cannot just be uh, small group leaders and students. It takes all of us across all our ministry units all over the Philippines really to respond to the rallying cry with sense of urgency and ownership. Again, if this is really a rallying cry, we cannot just go on business as usual this year. We have to stop. I think even every week it merits that every week or even every month we have to evaluate if indeed we are contributing to the overall goal of this rallying cry which is to grow and expand campus ministries across all our churches and ministry units all over the Philippines. Can we do that? Amen? It's not just the campus who should be doing this. I think it should all be all of us. And you know we do all this because campus ministry is key to a much bigger goal. As Bishop Manny always points out, I just saw him passing by. As, as Bishop Manny, this goes beyond campus. This is really about, we're really talking about transforming the nation. The future leaders of this nation that will, that will influence and shape the values of this nation are in the campuses today and even that is part of a much larger and bigger goal which is really what the kingdom of God I'm just quoting my good friend Bishop Manny it's really about the advancing the kingdom of God it's about God's government rulership righteousness peace joy power permeating every segment of our society and every aspect of life and the starting point for this transformation gets us back to the very basics and that is our discipleship. We cannot even talk about leadership development unless people are properly discipled. We see so many messed up leaders today. As seen in, in their insecurity and pride and independence. Many of them lack accountability. They compromise. They are prone to secret sins. Why? Because they bypass this process called discipleship. We have some of the most amazing leaders only to find them falling in the very end. Because this is something that they were not held accountable to. This is crucial. We have to go back again because discipleship is the foundation for spiritual leadership. So go back to the very basic. Engage lost people. In fact, we cannot talk about discipleship until people are getting saved. We have no one to disciple. We cannot just keep recycling Christians and make them become better Christians. Then after that, we don't end there. That's just a starting point. We establish them. We, we equip them. And the goal being is to empower them. If I may borrow the words that we used to use before, is to unleash them. To wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness. To plunder hell and populate heaven. Pastor Ferdy, come on. You know, we need to ekbalo Christians. <laughs> the ekbalo is not necessarily a negative word. It is why it's being used. When the, Jesus said to send them out. Because this compels Christians to act. 
to take action, not just to listen and to hear. This is where leadership development comes in. God, you know, we don't have to climb the highest mountains or cross the seven seas to know how because God has given us the wisdom and the strategy to do this effectively through our four eyes. Again, this is explained thoroughly in Dr. Steve and William's book, The Multiplication Challenge. The idea of creating leadership runways is so we can develop successful transition, uh, trans leadership transitions and succession planning because I want us all to realize this, the position most of us occupy today, there are upcoming leaders. We will not be in that position. We move on. Young leaders will be coming in to take over. So we need to raise leaders at all levels, not only to sustain the movement, but so that we can move into the higher and bigger purposes of God. We wanted to make sure that the younger leaders who are taking over the work that we have to transition to, that they become successful. And not only that, hopefully they can take the current ministries beyond where we have taken them. I believe this is the whole idea of legacy, that we are not just focused as leaders on the accomplishments we made in our lifetime, but really looking up the outcome of the lives of the next generation that are actually following us. Aside from the lesson of the Joshua generation, there's also much to learn. Another major lesson is the counsel of Jethro to his son-in-law Moses in Exodus chapter 18. Confronted with the overwhelming task of doing the work alone with so many leaders find themselves because they have failed to empower to believe in the next generation. There's always the danger of burnout. And not only that, there's always potential to frustrate people and of course to wear people out. So I think it would be wise for us to heed Jethro's counsel today. It would be to our great advantage. So let me read to you Exodus 18.21. It says, Moreover, Look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate the bride, and place such men over the people as chief of thousands of hundreds of fifties and of tens. Here again, we see the need to raise a new, uh, the next generation of competent and godly leaders because succession, uh, leadership succession will fail if we do not put it also in the right leaders who are able and who are godly. Take a look at this again. Able men. These are men and women of ability. These are people who are capable and they are men and women of competence. Men who fear God are actually men and women of godliness whose life is based on the principles of the word of God. These are people you can trust. Hating bride, I mean trustworthy, are men and women of truth. And, uh, and, and hating bribe are men and women of honor and integrity. These are people who hate corruption and cannot be swayed by money. We are to place such men, it says, over people as leaders or of groups of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and tens. Maybe not many have the leadership capacity of thousands for us that would be our senior pastors and maybe leaders of hundreds would be our lead pastors. But many have the leadership capacity for fifties and tens. And our greatest hope is that leaders of tens are able to train, uh, we are able to train them to also win and lead their ten. As Paul exhorts Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, which 
You are all familiar with the things you heard me say in presence of many witnesses in trust to reliable men who are also qualified to teach others. So going back to the four eyes of Dr. Steve and William's book, The Multiplication Challenge, it will not only help us to anticipate unforeseen leadership shortage, but I believe it will enable us to successfully create leadership runways to give room for younger leaders to successfully transition to as the ministry continues to grow and expand. So let me briefly comment and only highlight a few things on each of these four eyes. First, of course, is identification. Romans 1, 11, 29, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. One of our most important jobs as leader is to intentionally identify our next generation leaders. But in identifying, we have to start with what we have. I know some of you think, I wish, you know, Pastor Jeng Aguinaldo, Mark uh, Muleta is in my team, then we are set. But I'll tell you, in 1984, Pastor Ferdy, that's it. That's all we have. We have Pastor Ferdy, myself. This is before he became a bishop, a running bishop, an author. We have Ferdy Del Valle. We have, uh, you know, Manny Moleta. And then shortly after that, we have Pastor Dre. We have, before he becomes a bishop, we have Winston Reyes. We have Mark Constantino. That's all we have. We have to work with what we have. But you know what's amazing? Innovation is born out of limited resource. It makes you become dependent on God. It makes you become creative and patient and resourceful. Amen? That's what happens when, 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 you, are, when you don't have a lot of resources. You just have to believe, uh, completely trust in God. In fact, the temptation with abundance is that we become less innovative. We simply hire we fire, we lose the, the patience of raising homegrown leaders and work hard at raising them. Now, please don't get me wrong on this. I believe in strategically moving leaders to place them where they could make maximum impact and become a greatest blessing to our movement. But it would not be right to populate your leadership teams with leaders other people have worked so hard to raise. If right now you have staff, ministry, staff, and teams who are part of your team that you did not raise, thank God for them, but do not short-circuit the process of working hard to raise up homegrown leaders, not only to bless your team, but hopefully one day to be a blessing to our movement. Hindi po pwedeng iilan-ilan lang yung talaga nagtatrabaho mag-raise up. Then you're the one who is the beneficiary. You raise a lot of leaders. All of us would have to share with this responsibility. So let's get out of our comfort zones. Amen? To try to raise a lot of leaders. Maybe challenge your team. How can we multiply our small group leaders? How can we multiply our campus missionaries? How can we start another five new campus outreach? Can you do that? Hallelujah. You know, I was really blessed when Pastor Mark was sharing with us the other day at our spam meeting how how uh, their ministry team is actually responding to the rallying cry, which is, uh, which is to impact our campuses. So he mobilizes 17 staff. These are pastors, these are uh, admin, these are his campus missionaries. 
and basically challenge them once a week to go, at least once a week, to go to the campus. So last Saturday, he led his entire team to go to the campus. And they call it prayer drive. Sowing seeds of prayer. I believe this pandemic is just giving us a refresh, a reboot to start praying for the campuses to prepare us for the probably the greatest move of God when school begins to even open. We don't even have to wait that far. Amen? And this Saturday, it's not just their staff. They are bringing, now they're mobilizing their small group leaders to go with them. Come on. And they're dividing themselves up to 11 teams corresponding to the 11 campuses within the two-kilometer radius around their church location. Incredible. Then I heard from Pastor Ferdy that he is also going to do the same to rally the, the, the Katipunan staff and some campus leaders along with his son-in-law, Ian, to actually go this Saturday to UP Diliman to pray. Hallelujah. You know, we're sharing this so that it will hopefully will inspire many of your ministry units. You don't have to be campus minister to take this initiative. This is why I wanted to honor Pastor Mark because when he heard the call, he took action. I hope we will do something to really flesh this out. The second one, of course, is instruction. And let me just highlight one thing. Let me, let me just highlight one thing. I know that instruction comes in multiple forms. But what I really want to highlight, because I believe our church never lacked training. We make that available. I think our leadership department has done an outstanding job providing materials, trainings, anything that you need. They provide that. But what I really want to challenge, especially next generation, is personal instruction or personal study. I believe next generation should own their own personal development. You cannot hide behind the excuse, but no one is developing me. You know, that might be true in some cases because, again, we, we could get too busy in ministry, but there's still plenty of you room for you to grow. You take responsibility. You dig into that word. You go study the, you know, study the word of God. Memorize scripture. Uh, you know, you, you read good books. You listen to good podcasts. Win lost people. Start uh, making disciples. If you want to grow, you have to take a step of faith. Growth always involves a degree of risk. But even if you fail, it doesn't matter. You will come out of it better. You learn from it. Amen? Because the goal is not perfection. The goal is growth. So the fourth, the third, fourth, third eye is impartation. Romans 1.11. I long to see that I may impart you some spiritual gifts to strengthen you. We, we all know that impartation is best achieved through close proximity, allowing us to have firsthand experience to learn from our leaders to get our spiritual gift strengthened and and develop uh, as well as uh, you know to 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 steer us up impartation focuses on developing character habits priorities and values and if instruction focuses we talked about instruction earlier if it focuses on informing the mind, impartation focuses on transforming the heart. So if we expect to develop good leaders, we need to make sure they are mentored, equipped, and empowered well. They need impartation to know how to respond co correctly to difficult leadership situations, to balance life and ministry, to develop the relational side of leadership in leading others so that they lead with 
kindness, and respect. And one big item for me for leadership impartation is how to value, to trust, and to work as a team. Author and speaker Simon Seaman said this, Unit, uh, I mean trust, uh, I mean a team is not a group of people who work together, it's a group of people who trust each other. And former CEO of General Electric, Jack Wells said that leadership is simply about two things. That is trust, a truth, and trust. And he said this, unceasingly seeking the former, which is truth, but relentlessly building the latter, which is trust. And you heard this constantly from Pastor Michael, Patrick Lencioni, when he would talk about the main foundation for a healthy church is trust. You know, guys, we need to believe and affirm our leaders. Our default must not be trust is earned. Our default must be I trust you, I believe in you, therefore trust is given. What is earned is mistrust. We have to believe. We have to work hard at creating an atmosphere of trust because it is hard for leaders to grow if they know you don't trust them. You have to believe in them. You have to have their best interests at heart. And finally, internship. Matthew 4, 19. He said to them, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Brothers and sisters, again, whatever it is we do to raise these leaders, we do it intentionally. People grow best and develop to become great leaders when they are fully engaged in the work of ministry. So let's create those platforms for them. Stretch them where they are. Push them out of their comfort zone. But remember, we don't use people to build ministry. We do ministry to build people. Take risks on the next generation leaders. We have to give them two things. Permission to fail. Some people do not release leaders because they are so obsessed with people are making afraid to make mistakes. We have to allow, permit for them to fail, but also for them to uh, give room for them to rise. I know we value strategy in our ministry, but many leaders obsess themselves with finding the right strategy, but the best leaders preoccupies themselves with empowering the right people. So as D.L. Moody said this, and I quote, it is better to set a hundred people to work than to do the work of a hundred men. Don't you agree? As I close, I think of the benefits, when I think of the benefits of having a clear leadership brand where here's what I see, multifaceted expression of gifts that build up the body. The more leaders we raise, the more rich spiritual gifts and our appreciation for each of the value that they could put on the table. I see multi-generation of leaders serving at all levels of leadership in the church and in the campus. I see senior leaders being released to seek God and to, uh, to the ministry of the word and prayer. I see greater team dynamics as more collaboration, cooperation and synergy takes place. I see consistency and sustainability in our mission to make disciples plant churches and campus ministries. And finally, I see increased productivity. So as I end, let me just pose these two questions for you to ponder individually. What is the one thing that you can do to make you 
a developer, a good developer of people. And for churches, on the scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at raising homegrown leaders? Again, I hope you take time to reflect and answer this question. Again, I would just like to close. Let's all rally behind. For this rallying cry to succeed, let's all rally behind this vision of growing and expanding our campus ministries across all our churches and ministry units. Come on. God bless us all. Praise God. Well, let me pray for us. Can we all stand to our feet? Lord, we are tremendously humbled by this privilege. Lord, we would not even think twice that perhaps because we are seasoned and we have this experience and we have a lot of accomplishments to show. Lord, we only glory in the grace and the special anointing that you placed upon us. May you find us faithful, Lord God, in stewarding this responsibility. Surely we are not alone. God, but thank you for entrusting to us such awesome responsibility of Lord God connecting and getting into the hearts of the next generation. You promise in the last days you will pour out your spirit on all flesh. Lord, I pray that we would all rise up as one man contending for the gospel and rallying behind this call to once again establish presence, to engage, to connect with the next generation, Father God. Future leaders that will influence and shape and impact the destiny of our nations. Lord God, we just cry out to you, Lord, that a fresh anointing, a fresh level of excitement will be stirred up in our hearts, born out of the Spirit of God, not just as a result of some pep talk and rally, but Lord God, are you the one birthing this in our hearts? Lord, help us to respond with such great faith, with such great enthusiasm. Lord God, to lay claim every campus, every next generation, Lord God, you entrusted to us, to disciple. Lord God, thank you for this stewardship. And I pray your blessing on all ministry units. Lord, even especially for those that are not directly working with campus ministry. That we would take this to heart. That we would take this seriously, Father God. And to join in one spirit to see the next generation come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dr. June. That was a very passionate message from Dr. Junis Kosar. He really drove home the point about the importance and the power of leadership development. As leaders, there is an urgent need to intentionally raise leaders, especially those from the next generation. Let's continue to be faithful to identify and develop leaders in our homes, at work, and in our church community. As we continue the discussion, here are some questions to think about. 1. What is one thing you can do to make you a good developer of people? 2. Is there someone from your church community who can help you grow as a leader? And 3. Who can help you grow as a leader at this time? We hope this episode encouraged you to grow in your leadership and to challenge others to grow as well. Thanks for listening. If you would like to continue to talk about this, you can discuss this with your Victory Group leader. 
If you're not part of a Victory group yet, you can visit victory.org.ph to find a church near you and get connected. If this has been helpful for you, or if you think of someone who can be encouraged by this podcast, you can share this with them and discuss it together. See you in the next episode of Leading Together.